Hello and welcome into Locked On Blackhawks for Monday, December 16th, 2019. It's episode 55. My name is Jay Zawoski, host of Locked On Blackhawks here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, a very newsy weekend of Blackhawks news to react to. They lose Saturday in horrible fashion to the St. Louis Blues, but they bounce back nicely Sunday night beating the Minnesota Wild 5-3. We'll get into both of those games, more of the win than the loss, because who wants to dwell in a horrible loss? There's enough of those this year to dwell on. But before we do any of that, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Remember, tomorrow's podcast is Talk Back Tuesday, so get those questions in. 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. Email lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com. You can send there a voice memo to the Gmail as well. Just record that voice memo on your phone. Email it to lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com, and it will sound phenomenal on Talkback Tuesday. You can also send a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks. Make sure you follow the show there as well. You will get the tweet as soon as the podcast is available every day. So don't miss out on the account there. You can also follow my personal account at jayzawaski670. And there, of course, check out the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. New episode coming today or tomorrow on the Madhouse Podcast. Not sure yet because this book I'm writing, this Big 50 Blackhawks book that I've been writing uh, over the course of uh, most of this year is almost done. I've got two chapters to go. And my goal is to finish the book later today. So hopefully I can get that done. I think I'll be able to get it done. I don't see any major roadblocks coming up. But man, just writing this book before we get to the the game, I'm learning a lot about Blackhawks history I didn't know. It's really interesting. Go back and do some research on the really early days of Blackhawk hockey, like the Frederick McLaughlin era and when Norris owned the team. Just sort of the way hockey worked back then. and uh, Or, you know, don't do it now. Just wait till the book comes out and then order the book. Yeah, do it that way. That's a better way to do it. Yep, yeah, that's the plan. Don't do anything until my book comes out. Don't read anything else, just to be safe. All right, let's get into things here. Let's start with Saturday's game against the Blues. And, boy, things looked really good for a while, didn't they? It's like, wow, look at this. All right. You know, the Hawks have been doing this to Blackhawks fans all year where you're saying, uh, you know, they suck. It's just, there's no hope. They're terrible. They're going to be terrible. They've had a bunch of bad losses in a row. Then all of a sudden they bounce back with the game and you're like, Oh, Hmm. Interesting. Maybe they're not as bad as we thought. Right. And it's in their It's a roller coaster this year. It's, it's almost as if I, I wish the Hawks would either tell us they suck or tell us they're good. Because I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how to feel because it changes every night. So Saturday night, the Hawks get out to a 3 nothing lead over the Blues. 3 nothing. That's good. That's good however you chalk it up. That's the sort of lead you want to have, right? It's one nothing when the third period begins. Saad scored really early into the second period. So it's one nothing entering the third. Then Saad scores again 30 seconds into the third. Then Kane scores. Like three minutes later, you're up 3 nothing with 15 minutes to go in the third period. Then all hell breaks loose. Tyler Bozak scores like 20 seconds after pa- Patrick Kane scores. Then he scores again like nine minutes or so later. So it's 3-2, not feeling great. 
Then 12 seconds later, the Blues tie the game. And once that happens, you're, you're done. There's no shot. The Hawks were lost. They were chasing. That final goal, the Justin Falk goal, Saturday night that the Blues scored, the Hawks were running What You could tell there was no level of control to their play. There were guys chasing and scrambling. Ryan Carpenter comes over to help in the middle of the ice, leaving Justin Falk wide open. That, to me, is a coaching issue. You've got to get these guys calmed down, understand the situation. I know he used a timeout. I understand that Jeremy Cotton didn't have a timeout late in the game. But, man, get your guys' heads in the game, regroup, reestablish what's going on, reestablish the plan, and just try to get to overtime at that point, right? It's just, man, that was a disappointing loss. And how many times on Lockdown Blackhawks have I used the term missed opportunities, right? Missed opportunities have been the repeated theme of this podcast since it started this season. This is episode 55. I probably said that in 30 episodes of this podcast and Saturday night was another example they had it they had a divisional win in their hands and couldn't hold on to it all right let's get to Sunday's game Hawks beat the wild five to three even performance good performance overall I was pretty happy with the way the Blackhawks played and sure you would like it to be a little more dominant but keep in mind that the wild have been one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League lately. So that warrants conversation. It warrants acknowledgement. And this game was important to me for a lot of reasons. Not just because it was a divisional game. Not just because the Wild are a beatable team. I wanted to see the response to Saturday night's loss. And I think the Hawks bounced back, bounced back very nicely. And the response was good. They came out immediately. Well, actually, immediately, this Wild got a really good scoring chance. But you could tell in the third, the Hawks played it differently. They played the tie game differently. There was more attack in their game. They outshot the Wild 8-6 to six in the third, which isn't crazy. That's not a huge jump by any means. But they weren't just sitting back waiting for the Wild to take the game away from them. And I think that made a huge difference in the game. You also had your star players carrying the day. A hat trick for Patrick Kane. Brandon Saad scores. Jonathan Taves has three assists. Connor Murphy has two assists and three block shots. These are the guys when Duncan Keith and Andrew Shaw and all these guys are out injured. These are the guys you need to step up and carry the team. Last night, the three probably best players on the Blackhawks right now, Taves, Kane, Murphy, showed up and did the job, and the Hawks got two points to show for it. As we do after every game on Lockdown Blackhawks, we go over the pluses and minuses of the game and of course today is no exception again the Blackhawks beat the Minnesota Wild 5-3 Sunday night at the United Center so let's start with the pluses 
First plus of the game obviously goes to Patrick Kane with his sixth regular season hat trick of his career. Empty net for the third goal, but guess what? That goal was big because the Hawks had a one-goal lead and needed to put this game away. And uh, the way they've been giving things up lately, there's no lead that's safe, so no goal doesn't matter. So very happy to see Patrick Kane get the hat trick. Starting to show that offensive flair again. He went through a little bit of a period there where you could just see the frustration in him, and he wasn't creating or generating as much as he typically did. I wonder if Saturday night's game, the loss to the Blues, sort of fired these guys up a little bit. If you watch Patrick Kane after Sunday's game, he talked to Gizmo, Nick Gizmondi, Gizmondi, whatever his name is, on NBC Sportsnet. Does a good job. I'm just bad with names. Um, Kane was, like, pleading with the fans to stick with them. Hey, we're going to be better. We're going to do a good job. We promise if you just keep coming out, keep supporting us, I promise we'll give you a better show. It was kind of telling. You could tell. The Hawks players are starting to feel this a little bit. They're starting to feel some pressure. They're starting to feel some insecurity. And I don't know if they're hearing it from the top. I don't want to speculate on that too much that they're being told to like, hey, tell people to keep coming if we're not winning. But Patrick Kane was sort of pleading with Hawks fans to stick with them. Thought that was interesting. So maybe these veterans are starting to, um, you know, realize that if they're going to win, if they're going to succeed, they're going to be have to be the guys to carry them through these hard times and Jonathan Taves the next plus three assists and you saw a real determination in his game last night I saw him skating hard winning battles to corners sharp crisp passing these are things you should expect from your ten and a half million dollar player but as we say all the time these guys are human their emotions get the better of them they're you know they're going to be affected regardless of the money they make but Taves had a really strong game and uh, if he performs like that every night, the Hawks are going to be in much better shape than if he's just getting penalties and losing battles and and not creating much. So really solid game from him. Want to give another plus to Pat Foley, who has suddenly over the last little bit here started to step out a little bit on this team and call some mistakes out when he sees them. Alex Newlander, who we'll get to in the minuses segment, had a really bad icing call in the third period and Foley let him have it he called it out specifically that's really bad you can't do that you know he named Alex Nylander the camera isolated on him they showed a replay of the mistake they showed Brandon Saad sort of say something to Nylander on the bench earlier in the game Kirby Doc tried to make the Kirby Doc move again and Pat Foley said there that move is again, and it hasn't worked any time he's tried it in the NHL. These are not 18-year-old kids. He's calling out some of the things that need to change. And look, I love Kirby Doc, and I want Alex Nylander to play here so we can see what he is and what we have with him. If it's something, if it's nothing, we need to find out. Because if he's nothing, that could certainly accelerate the Stan Bowman firing, if that's something you're rooting for. And I think most people at this point are rooting for that. You trade your top defensive prospect for a guy who can't play, that's a problem. I'm not ready to say Nylander can't play, but this year they need to find out. A lot of people say, oh, bench him, you know, send him down. Nope, I want him in every game to see how he responds. Today he played on the second line with Patrick Kane and Dylan Strom. He picked up an assist, but for the second night in a row, made a very costly play. So Nylander needs to be better. I'm glad to see Foley calling things out um, when they deserve to be. 
Next plus, Connor Murphy mentioned it before. Two assists, 24-58 of ice time, three block shots. Just another solid, steady game for uh, Connor Murphy. I thought Eric Gustafson made a couple nice defensive plays in this game as well. He deserves a plus. And I want to give one to Eric Stahl of the Minnesota Wild. Good player for a long time. Picked up his 1,000th NHL point Sunday night. So props to Eric Stahl for 1,000 points and a very classy, very good NHL career. Now let's get to the minuses. First minus of the game goes to Alex Nylander, who I just, you know, that icing play was inexcusable. There was another two-on-one happening, and he just backed off the play. And Kirby Doc sort of looked at him like, what What are you doing? Why are you not going to the net? When I watch Nylander play, how do I explain this? I'll, I'll try to apply it to real life, okay? I am not a handy person. I've never been. I don't know how to fix anything. I don't know how to build anything. A manual labor job for me is something I wouldn't be good at, okay? I might be able to learn, but it's not something that comes naturally to me. When I was in high school, I worked for a park district with a lot of guys, union guys who have done these sort of jobs for years and years, and being around them was intimidating, okay? And I felt like when I was around them, even though I'm a pretty smart person, my brain would shut off because I was so afraid of embarrassing myself and I was so afraid of making a mistake that common sense just like went out the window sometimes, right? I'm sure people can relate to this story. So I would do things at work that I knew like in hindsight, like, why did I do that? It was such an obvious, but you, you, your, your brain plays tricks on you when you're so afraid of screwing up or you're so afraid of doing the wrong thing that all you do is the wrong thing. I see that a lot from Alex Nylander. The kid has top-end offensive talent. He's a good skater. He's got great hands. He's a good passer. But there's so many times where you sort of ask yourself, wait a minute, what the hell was he thinking on that play? Last night was a good example of that. So was Saturday night. Just dumb stuff. Like, dude, use your instincts. Play your game. And... You know, like I said, I'm not giving up on him yet, but maybe now you see why Buffalo was like, hell yeah, we'll take that trade. We'll take that trade in a heartbeat because maybe they don't feel that he's got the sort of hockey IQ to make it work. I find that hard to believe from a guy with the pedigree Alex Nylander has, but I don't know. Something's up and it's not good. Hopefully it can get better. And then another one to Kirby Doc. He's got to stop doing that move. I'm sorry. I know someday it's going to work, right? Someday he's going to find some hapless defenseman and make him look ridiculous, and he's going to be on all the highlight reels. But for now, let's just get a point. This was the 13th game in a row where Kirby Doc has failed to pick up a point. I know he's 18. I know he's a rookie. Get some points on the board, kid. Simplify the game, and good things will happen. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here reminding you that tomorrow is Talk Back Tuesday. Get those messages in. 708-653-0572-708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. Send an email to LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. 
send a tweet to LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at Jayzawaski670. As we do after every game, I say that a lot. It's kind of a crutch. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. Leave me alone. Let's go down to number line. Looking at the Corsi percentages of this game, another weird one, right? You look at this game, it feels even. Feels like the Hawks maybe have an edge. They do have 27 shots on goal to Minnesota's 26. Well, the Corsi game tells a different story. The Blackhawks had a 60, I'm sorry, had a 43.16 Corsi 4 percentage. That's 41 shot attempts for 54 against. That obviously means Minnesota had a 56% Corsi 4 percentage, closer to 57% actually. High danger scoring chances. Here's where the Hawks had an edge. They had a 62.5% advantage, 10 high danger chances for, 6 high danger chances against. Jeremy Cowden pointed that out in the postgame press conference, saying that the Hawks didn't give up too much in uh, terms of opportunities. He was right. Uh, I thought they did a good job of limiting Minnesota's chances. And, yeah, Minnesota tried to come on strong late in the end, but I like that the Hawks did not just, you know, back off and play the prevent defense, which we always know, which we everyone says doesn't work. Let's look at some of the individual performances of the game. Four Blackhawks finished 50% or higher. Top-rated Hawk was Eric Gustafson with a 52.94%. Corsi 4 percentage, 18 shot attempts, 4, 16 against when he was on the ice. Patrick Kane, 52.78. He was 19 for 17 against. Alex Newlander was dead even, 18 and 18. Jonathan Taves, 13 and 13. In the higher 40s were Boquist, Strom, and Murphy, all of them over 47%. Looking at the bottom of the Corsi percentages, Dennis Gilbert, 26.09%. Corsi 4 rating. That's a minus 22.5 Corsi relative. Not great. Six shot attempts for him when he's on the ice. 17 against. Zach Smith was 30.77, as was Matthew Highmore. Both of them, four shot attempts for nine against. Kirby Doc was a 31.58. Six shot attempts for 13 against. Part of that has to do with the line matchups. They're playing against some decent competition. So um, nothing too crazy there. But uh, yeah. Not the, uh, you know, if I, if I think if we went back and looked at the sheet without knowing the score, we'd predict a Hawks loss. But like I said, these numbers are more of a tool than a Bible. So it seems like the Hawks win when they are beaten in possession and they lose when they win possession. So let's hope they get out Corsied but outgoal the other team every single night. So, all right, as I said to start the podcast, this up and down nature of this season is really making it hard to figure out how to look at the game to game. And I've been sort of on this fence for a couple weeks. Do they develop? Do they try to make the playoffs? I'm confident in saying that whichever side of the fence you fall on in that argument, if you think they truly should go for a playoff spot, I wonder if you think they should be making a trade to try to improve the roster. Or do you just say, hopefully this group figures it out and makes the playoffs. If they do, that's great. I'm just not, I'm not in the place where I think the Hawks should give up an asset to try to get in. Now, if they're able to move on from one of these long, expensive veteran contracts, then they should absolutely consider that. 
and that should go regardless of what they want to do this year. If someone suddenly wants Brent Seabrook, you adjust your plans to get rid of that contract. I'm sorry. You will find no bigger Brent Seabrook fan in this city than me. Love the guy. The guy gave everything he has, and still does, to the Blackhawks. When he's on the ice, he's giving you everything he's got, but his body cannot keep up with his mind anymore. And if a team comes calling and they want Brent Seabrook, I don't care if they're two points out of a playoff spot at that point. You have to move that deal. You almost take the bullet of losing that deal. You'll miss the playoffs to get rid of that deal. There's the exchange, right? And realistically, how big of a difference is Seabrook making right now towards a playoff push? Is he going to be the difference? I don't think so. Maybe his leadership, maybe his veteran savvy, maybe his understanding of the game. But if you can move on from that deal, do it. But I'm just saying I'm still in the wait and see stages with this team. And it's a tough place to be in the middle of December. We should have a better feel for it now. And I feel like they're probably bad, right? Looking at the standings, they're only one point ahead of L.A. right now for the last spot in the Western Conference. They're minus 16 in goal differential. They're 3-6-1 over the last 10. The evidence tells you this is not a very good team. But there have been those games, and there have been those flashes, right? Like the first two and a half periods against the Blues on Saturday night. In that stretch in November. There's been those moments where you say, you know, this team isn't that bad. And they've got high-end talent. They've got some dynamic scorers. They've got some guys with some hardware, obviously. And there's also that thing in the back of your head saying, well, you know, Keith is out and Shaw's out and Kajula's out to a lesser extent, obviously. Maybe if this team gets healthy, they can make some noise. I just... I don't know. It, it, I'm really finding myself in limbo about this Blackhawks team, and I'm wondering how you're feeling as well. If you want to just send me your thoughts about hockey and you don't want them to be on Talkback Tuesday, that's fine. A lot of people have sent me like long, sprawling emails, and I read all of them. I truly do. I don't have time to respond to all of them all the time, and once this book is completed, I'll have more time to do that, but I read them. If you just want to send me your thoughts hey, it's time to sell or it's time to build or it's time to go for it, whatever. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say because I don't I don't know yet. If I had to decide today, December 16th, 2019, should the Blackhawks go for a playoff spot right now or should they start to consider the next steps towards a rebuild, I would lean rebuild. But I'm not fully convinced of that right now. And I don't know if Stan Bowman can be. And the other thing with Bowman is he knows his job's on the line. So does he just go all out at the end? Does he just say, screw this, I have to make the playoffs. If I don't make the playoffs, I'm fired. So is he just going to throw caution to the wind, trade some prospects for some veterans, and try to get in? I hope not. Because that dooms the franchise down the road, right? Or at least potentially does. I don't know. There are so many questions that are going to be coming up in the next few months. 
And like I said, it's almost like let us off the hook. Let us know if you're really, really bad. But you get these performances. And I know last, I know Saturday night was terrible, right? We all felt awful about that game. And we should have. And it was bad. And it was inexcusable. But mm, they had a 3 nothing lead on the defending champs. They played really well for a large portion of that game. <laughs> this is the roller coaster of being a Blackhawks fan. I'm glad you guys are on this roller coaster with me. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, submit your questions, 708-653-0572. Let's really get those voicemails in this week. It sounds great. The, the I swear, I listen to every podcast I do to self-assess. And the best shows we've had have been the ones with your voices on them. I love Talk Back Tuesday. They're my favorite shows. I look forward to them every week. So get your voices on this show, 708-653-0572, or send a voice memo to LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com. If you're too shy, just send an email there, and I'll read it. At LO underscore Blackhawks is the Twitter account. So until Talk Back Tuesday... This is Jay Zawaski signing off for Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.